Well, here goes our first podcast recording session. We bring our hearts, our best hopes, but we know there'll be mistakes and imperfections and a huge learning curve. Oh, we can do this starting right now. Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benator Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. I'm sitting with our favorite parents at the Parent Square table. I've known these moms for a long time, and they've brought me their best questions and inspired me for years. But I'm going to let them introduce themselves. This is Mariella and Kira. Kira's going to go first. And please tell me about Austin um, for me and for everybody that's listening today. Well, hello. My name is Kira. I have my son, Austin. He is turning three next week. I can't believe he's already going to be three. Wow. Very fast, very fast. Um, I've known Karen since he was about three months old, and she's really helped us through a lot of the fun times, the hard times, the scary times, all the kinds of times. Austin is really independent. He loves to learn. He loves to love. He loves being with his friends and his family. I'm just really proud of (laughs) how he's the three-year-old that he's really turning into. An amazing little boy. Yeah. And he was amazing from the time he was a newborn. He just brought some special presence and uniqueness to this world. I'm glad you're here. Mariela? Hi, um, Mariela. My son, Daniel, um, he's been here with Karen since he was about six months old and also met Austin when he was six months old. Um, Daniel, he's a very happy boy, a very loud, um, which I love. Um, Me too. We've had a, a struggle as far as separation, um, transitioning from mommy and me to a two-year-old program at school. And luckily, we were lucky to have Karen with us because it was, it was a very difficult time. Um, but now he's over it. He's changed so much. He's just a different person. It's amazing. He amazes me every day, and I'm happy to be here. So our topic for today is you've got this. And it came from the South Florida Parenting article when South Florida Parenting Magazine was turning 25 years old. And they said to me, can you write about how parenting has changed over the last 25 years? How discipline has changed, how sleep programs and options have changed, how everything has changed. And I went, hmm. I'm not sure that the, that the children have changed. What worked 25 years ago is pretty much great practices to this day. But the parenting world has changed in incredible, to me, overwhelming ways. And what I see as someone who has sat hearing parent stories for the last hmm, three decades, um, that your lives are harder than ever before, your choices are more overwhelming than ever before, and I'm really 
um, I want to be a part of the conversation and the journey, and I want so much of that to be part of what this podcast conversation is about. So my question for you for today is, what's it like to be a mom or dad today? And does anybody really want to know? Because it's, um, I think people are watching and judging, and it's a little bit... um, a little snarky out there, and it's a, and I think you're parenting in a fishbowl, and it makes me really, really sad, and um, and I feel like I have to be like your best advocate in order for the kids to have the best lives they can have and and, mm-hmm. and sanity. So, who wants to go first on um, what's changed? Um, uh, to me, one of the main things, uh, and it still happens to this day, it's there's so much con- contradicting information out there. Um, my background in work, it's um, I do analysis, and so I tend to think about the why for everything, and I do the research, and there's just so many things from the moment you're pregnant until still today that he's almost three, um, what to eat, what not to eat, what sleeping habits, uh, what he should be doing, what he should not be doing. Um, just every little step, it's a decision and conflicting info out there from your parents tell you one thing, the pediatrician tells you one thing, other moms, you see them doing different things. And I guess due to social media, you're able to see these things more so you can compare what you're doing. Um, and it honestly just made me feel insecure every step of the yeah. way. Am I doing the right thing? But this other person's doing that. So what's a really the right thing to do? And it's just scary. It's scary today for me to... And uh, let me jump in and then I want to get Kira's re- feedback to that because I think there's two issues. One that never, ever changed. And that is if you were a logical, mathematical person, if you were an analytical brain, even someone who just was really successful in any workplace, it's tangible, it's concrete, you know how to do it, you're going to check it off the list, and and you're going to be magnificently successful and have a ton of feedback that says, oh, you're a rockin' mom. Mm-hmm. When you're a parent, and this has always been the case, you can do it great one day, a week, six months, and then all of a sudden everything that worked gets thrown out the window yep. and you're back in this uncertainty, in this confusion, and a lot of that is relationship building and that personal journey that always accompanies parenting. But as you said, the new layer on this is the, the social media and the no matter what you choose, you will choose wrong. And we also have, I think, a whole consumer-driven world around us that says, let me remind you of your insecurities, of your fears, of your vulnerabilities, and then I can try to sell you something that's a quick fix to to ease that in a very temporary way. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, of course, that whole public parenting. So, lots and lots to to, un, to peel back that onion on. But let's hear Kara on that. Uh, just in thinking about that, the first thing that came to mind and what I feel like I've learned over the three years from myself, my parenting Austin and watching other moms is one of the most important things is to be able to go with the flow. And, you know, this day might bring this thing and another day might bring another thing. And what works today might work today. It might work for a week. It might not work six months from now. What mer- works for you and Daniel might work for me in Austin. And I love to hear that idea and I want to try it, but maybe it's not going to work. And I just always think that that's really important to read. It's a great to read everything. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and figure out what works for you and know that it might not always work. 
So to change it up. did you come by that naturally, a go-with-the-flow <laughs> attitude? I do think that I naturally am like that my whole life, very mm-hmm. go-with-the-flow, and I really try and impart it in my parenting. But it's hard to yeah. be that way all the time because, you know, things have to get done. You have to do the laundry. You have to go to the grocery store. You have to do dinner. You know, you don't want to put the TV on all the time to be able to accomplish the tasks that you have to do on a day-to-day basis with your kid. Um, but you know, I just really, I just always try and take a deep breath and say, I can do it. And who, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I know you do do it. And it, because I think you've, you've really found ways to honor who you are and who Austin is from the very beginning. Um, and so what are your checks and balances when you start going over to the edge that you can identify and pull yourself back? Um, I know it, and I get crazy, and it usually is in by, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If it's going to be a bad day, I know it's going to be a bad day. I'm very fortunate that my husband is a very active participant in parenting, and he works close by, and he's home early, and I could say to him, today's the day you need to come home early. I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) And he is great about that. And other things, I try to make sure I always take time for myself. Every day, if I can just get an hour for myself, I think it is so important. This takes intention, it takes uh, self-awareness, and it takes the ability to speak up. Now, don't know if I want to go to the dad question yet. Um, there's that whole, and I do think that four o'clock thing, I mean, there's a whole, that's a whole nother topic it's all by itself. Crazy it's hour. Crazy hour. Um, how do you manage the moment? And then how do you make the plan that says, oh, my moment is always coming at four o'clock. So let me put something, let's not put 10 more errands in my day at four mm-hmm. o'clock mm-hmm. when I know this is the time when maybe I do have to turn on a television or a screen or make some tents in the in the family room so that I know that I have some support in my surrounding environment both for me and for Austin I think that all goes back to going with the flow and you might plan 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 but you have to be able to turn on a dime okay I'm loving it because Mariella and I are the planners (laughs) (laughs) I know like we want the structure we want the routine and you're just saying but I love to plan don't get me wrong I have a list I love to write my list check it off the things I need to get done but if I don't get it done today I'll do it tomorrow so are you feeling the fishbowl? I have two questions. Are you feeling the fishbowl and that pressure of comparing yourself? And um, when it comes to asking for help or taking that hour in the day, did that was that a journey or you just always oh, that knew was, what you needed? That was definitely a journey. And I would say for sure I felt the fishbowl and comparing Austin to other children when he was first born, maybe the first year, was really hard. And I got to a point where I said, I think maybe I kind of, I very much remember it. He was about nine months old, and I said, I just have to love my kid for who he is, and I can't look at this kid, look at that kid. I just need to embrace these moms, and we need to do this together. Um, but I also need to do it by myself, too. It's a, a little bit of everything. And I said, I can't compare him to other kids anymore. I need to just let him be his best, and whatever he's going to be is going to be great. Um, and so I don't really do, I don't feel that way anymore about being in a fishbowl so much. I think, and I really, I was thinking about it last night, thinking about it. As time has gone on, I feel like that feeling has faded a lot more as he's getting older. I'm I'm just really proud of who he's become. So for everybody, it's possible. Um, but it's, but it's not something you, you do once and you finish. It's an ongoing day to day. ongoing, Ongoing. And the taking time for myself, I remember that too, that I said, 
I wasn't working out. I wasn't going to get my nails done. Little things that you might think to yourself, those aren't important, but they are. It's important to take time for yourself and remember that you are an individual and you're a person before anything else, before you had your kid. You don't have to give up your entire life beforehand. And I always say now, when I work out, that makes my whole day better. I'm a better mom. If I can get to the gym in the morning for half hour, 45 minutes an hour, I'm a better mom for the whole day. Wow. The whole day. Good and that is like something it. I say to a lot of other moms. To really know what you what works for you, whether it's working out, whether it's sitting at the beach, whether no matter where that magic place is that fills you. Because you can't give and give and give and keep problem solving and keep facing the uncertainty. Because the questions are going to keep on coming but to know that you can have it within yourself and that and that you're more than enough Mariella back to uh, what your process is for the facing down the over information um, well to me the uh, feasible thing does get to me um, um, I find it hard to discipline my child in public without somebody every time I look around somebody's rolling their eyes or they think they know better and that gets to me he's like I said at the beginning he's loud he loves to laugh really loud and scream and that makes me nervous when we go in public and I know I should just let him be because he's fun and he's just three but um, I can't help it and also he's so different from you because yes. you are a oh, very yes. quiet gentle soul and he is a Explosion, explosion, <laughs> boy, and he's got the, he's got that sweetness in his mm-hmm. core, of course, which is exactly a perfect match to you. Mm-hmm. But he also brings this thing to the equation that I'm sure you never ever no. thought your child would bring and, to the um, world. I'm definitely grateful for it because I'm learning from him. <laughs> I know he's only three, and I have already learned so much yeah. and and about having fun and being, you know enjoying life but um i just feel with all this information out there i do have gotten um i tend to over schedule him now um i just feel there's so much competition and he needs to be prepared and you know he was never the child that slept 12 hours a night he didn't sleep more than five hours every night until he was about eight months old so of course i was freaking out the whole time but other kids are already sleeping what am i doing wrong and looking online of schedules trying many things it was stressful he doesn't eat vegetables, and I only thought he was going to be the kid that I was going to make this <laughs> wonderful homemade meal with vegetables, and he won't touch a single vegetable. So um, now I, I read about these four-year-olds that are already reading and doing math, and it's like, okay, well, that's so ridiculous. You saw my post on Facebook <laughs> yesterday, I hope. Yeah. Uh, what I does did. every four-year-old need to know? And and it's not any of the pressure things. Yeah. Because and you know it in your heart of hearts and he is going to absolutely steer you off the pressure course because he knows how to go "Uh -uh, mom I am not going there with you but but then he brings back the joy and he brings back the lightness and he brings back Kira's flow I can't believe that you two are here sitting together today (laughs) because it is the perfect yin and yang and and you're representing um Two really different perspectives, but such complementary um, challenges in terms of just what all parents share. Mm-hmm. So the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, oh, yes. the pressure. How do you get to your? Um, how do you get to your to your? How do you get to the, your your ultimate decision after you go through the roller coaster? How do you get to? Okay, I know this is what's really right for Daniel and what's really right for me. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's just instinct. Um, I'm not. I'm more towards the attachment parenting type, 
things that are going to make him or that I perceive that are going to make him more upset or like crying at night, things that doesn't go with me. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't even think about trying those things. Mm-hmm. So I go with, I think is going to um, make him feel better and happier and safe and secure and loved. I'm not saying those, the other kids are not loved or feel mm-hmm. happy, but it's just my gut feeling, my intuition. I need to give him love and that's my role and do whatever it takes. Right. And, and <laughs> this, this is the big difference. We did cry. We let Austin cry. We don't ever, I mean, he was, he was generally always a good sleeper, but whenever we had a sleep regression, I remember he was 10 months old, we had a bad sleep regression. We tried a few different things, and finally I said, let's just let him cry. And it worked for us. Right. But that being said, it worked for us. It's not going to work for every kid. I understand that. But Well, and thanks for sharing that as well, because if anybody doesn't know me, my work, for family time, and they're just beginning to listen to see me, hear me, love me, I want to say that all parenting philosophies work, mm-hmm. and it's finding the one that works for yourself and your child. And even what works for one child doesn't work for for another. But I never, ever, ever want parents to do something that feels unloving because of some external pressure that says, this is what you should do. Mm -hmm. Because there's no doubt in my mind that children's right brains read your right brains and they know that you're coming at them with this false intention that says, this is what I should do, but I'm not really comfortable doing it. Because... When a child feels that their parent is doing something that isn't true to their parent, then the parent is in the quicksand with the child and not creating the stability and the anchor outside. So um, what I really, really, really want is for everybody, it's, it goes back to Kira, go with the flow, and, and Mariella's know yourself because you have to be able to parent from yourself. And my favorite quote is, all you ever really teach is yourself. So when you have that time to listen to yourself, when you have that time to go, who am I and who are we, me, my child, my husband, my family, and everybody else that's part of your team, who are we in this equation? And so whether it's exercise, whether it's quiet, whether it's talking with friends, knowing how to get to that place, and hopefully the podcasts of the world are helping you find a quiet in your brain rather than more talking, 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 talking. So... I applaud you both for bringing up two of the biggest questions that there are, like what kind of parent do I want to be? Um, one more question for you. So what do you know now with your children being three that you, that you didn't know about your parenting self? Like what have, where have you come in terms of owning this journey over the last three years and making those choices for he, it's okay to let him comfort himself, understand himself, be a problem solver, and to be all of that with a loving, supportive family around him. So, Kira, how did you come to your style? Um, I think we just kind of evolved as he grew older. I think one thing I've definitely learned about myself is that I do get frustrated and I do I can get angry and I know just just. When I know when I need to take a breath and leave the room, um, I was I was thinking before Mariella was speaking. For me, one of the most important thing about parenting has been to be a team with my husband, and that we come at everything together, and maybe we talk about the problem not while it's happening, but as the in the theory, like we talk about the sleep issue at two o'clock in the afternoon and make a plan for two o'clock in the morning. So at two o'clock in the morning, the plan is already there. We are united as a front. Um, and we follow through, and I feel that way about all parenting with him, that if we're having something come up with Austin, we talk about it, this is how we're going to handle it, 
and we're in agreement. And I think that's really important um, when you're parenting as a couple. You must do it from stepping back. I agree. And to do it as a team, whoever's on that team with you, it makes it, it takes away some of that stress, pressure, and judgy snarky in your brain. But that idea that you are smarter than your child, but never in the moment, because in the moment you're in reaction. So when you have time to go, okay, here's what we can bring and help Austin and help us have a saner house. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Mariella? I think my parenting style, um, it's a little bit based on fear, to be honest with you. I think the You're world, coming back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Care <it> too. <laughs> I think the world is a scary place today. And I don't know if it's just because we have more information about go- what goes on or it has really changed, but like I remember playing outside with my friends when I was little. I wouldn't let Daniel play outside now. It's like unless I'm watching. So I feel like I have to control every single activity that he does. And he cannot have unattended time outside. So I tend to be more attached, more controlling. I'm not saying that's good. I need to, you know, okay, find topic, a balance. Topic to return to. <laughs> you sure. let him play outside, but in like your fenced-in backyard with the exactly. alarms on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And there are, you know, the cameras watching yes. over. It's a bigger yes. bubble. It's just still yes. a bubble. Yeah, and, and it just, at times it just makes me feel guilty uh, that he's not experiencing the same things, but it's just the world we live on and I, we have to adapt to it. So. Okay, well, you know I'm going to honor and respect it, though I want to continue this conversation over the years ahead of us because I am a strong believer in free-range kids, whether that's a free-range backyard or whether that's a free-range <laughs> big universe. But my thought for today, and I'm, it's gonna, I'm gonna start wrapping up, um, is this idea of not only do I want free-range kids in the sense where they have enough space around them, whatever that will be, to find themselves in the world and to problem solve, to fall down, to not be bubble-wrapped, um, to take risks, to not have somebody saying, be careful, be careful, be careful, because I do think those words, be careful, will always undermine children's process of learning rather than supporting their process of learning. Um, So we'll come back to that. But one of the ideas when I was thinking of parenting in the fishbowl is that I want to talk, I wanted to close with, I want free range parents. I want parents to have that world where they can explore, discover, and find themselves and those valuable connections, whether it's a friend, whether it's an idea, whether it's a community. So we've got, I I want free range for kids, for parents, for everybody. But in our wrap up, I'm gonna let you guys close with a question I hope to ask every week. And that is, I really believe in you. And I know that with all the struggles and challenges, you've made an incredible journey over the last three years, each of you. Um, So you've got this, you've done this, and you know something first that you didn't know maybe last week, last year, or certainly when you were new moms. So what's that one thing that we can close with that you've got today, this week, for just right now, about yourself, your parenting, your family? Who wants to go first? Um, he's go. happy. He he's loves coming to school. He's laughing. He's a happy boy. I see it at home. His teachers see it, so I can't be doing things too wrong if he's... A happy boy. He's a happy three-year-old. He loves to learn. So okay, something, so something has to be right. Something <laughs> has to be right, and it might be connected to you. Yeah. So maybe what I what you'll take from this is when you feel those doubts, when you feel that fear, that you will know that we are all hugging and embracing you and saying, when in doubt, 
look at him and he will shine back Mm -hmm. all that you're doing right. You got this. Kira, I was just thinking, you know, despite there are tough moments, there are hard times, but just how much fun we're having in general, how fun Austin's having making friends and how great it is to see him grow and his friends that we've known for so long since they were little babies to grow, how they grow together and how they're forming this bond and how great it is for me to have met all these awesome moms and just what a fun experience this has been. Ooh, I love that you got to represent the fun mom today, the fun <laughs> family, and that your sanity and your flow is from really allowing yourself to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Thank you with all my heart for being part of the first See Me, Hear Me, Love Thank Me you. podcast. Thank it's you. It's an honor. Love you. Yeah, and, I was very uh, honored to be a participant. <laughs> we'll catch up again. Have a great week. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.